Season 5, Episode 25, your weekend bonus episode. Yes, indeed. We're um, a week before Thanksgiving. Yes, indeed. And uh, also, it is the last week of my insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guero's paternity leave. So, yeah, he's going to slowly acclimate himself back to the um, rest of the um, capitalized Americans that are out here making money. So um, I'm just, I wish I could fast forward about 15 years from now to see what it's going to be like with two little poncho or two bigger ponchos getting into a argument over a girlfriend or something. I don't know. Ah, well, we'll see. But for now, we've got enough stupidity to keep us busy for this weekend. He's given a piece of his mind to so many people, it's a wonder he's got a mind left. It's insane Eric Lane's stupid world. A voice of sanity in our insane world, or a voice of stupidity in our intellectual world, here's the host of this stupid world, Eric Lane. Welcome to my stupid world, I'm insane Eric Lane. Hey, if you see something stupid, say something, stupid. <laughs> yes, indeed. And by the way, um, all the stupidity you're going to be hearing in this podcast, all the names have not been changed. You're going to hear it as it happens. We don't change any of the names because we've all done something stupid. So share something stupid with your friends and family. Or you can subscribe, even rate and review the podcast. Of course, when you rate and review the podcast, it will show up more prominently in searches because, you know, there might be that one person out there that's just wanting to see something stupid. And, well, we want to help them out. Okay. All right. I hope you'll at least do that. And we're going to help you out by just basically reminding you how smart you are because of all the stupidity you're going to hear about this week. And, well, okay, you might remember the podcast episode here a while back when my insane Florida nephew, uh, Pancho Guero, and I were uh, talking about Tank. Tank was a, well, he is a Los Angeles, uh, I guess he's a trucker from Louisiana. He, um, well, revealed his unusual condition that well, let's just say he's very, very well endowed. He has two penises. He was born with what was called diphalia. It's an extremely rare genetic abnormal or abnormality that left him with two fully functional penises. And, well, for many women, the extra appendage was an added benefit that many did not believe to be true until he took them to the room and, well, then they'd see. Well... Unfortunately for Tank, he was not introduced to Kelsey. Kelsey, uh, well, likewise, was born with an abnormality. She was born with, wait for it, uh, two uteri. <laughs> but unfortunately for Tank, Kelsey Hatcher of Birmingham, Alabama, she's married and she's pregnant in both uteri. Yes, that means two babies and technically two separate pregnancies. Now, Hatcher has the medical anomaly with two uterine, two services. It's pretty rare, but she's pregnant in both, which is almost unheard of. Kelsey and her husband, Caleb, well, they've been pretty busy. They both work. They 
have three kids, ages seven, four, and two. They thought their family was complete until Kelsey realized she was pregnant here this last spring. So when she goes to get her first ultrasound appointment, she got some information she needed to pass along to Caleb. Here's Kelsey along with Dr. Shweta Patel and Dr. Richard Davis, uh, both from the University of Alabama, Birmingham, talking about this extremely rare pregnancy. I said, there's two of them in there. He said, you're lying. <laughs> very, very rare. Yes. OBGYNs go their whole careers without seeing anything like this. A double cervix, a double uterus is way under 1%, maybe three per thousand women might have that. And then the probability of having a twin in each horn is really crazy. To be this rare and kind of out there, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> There's a lot. We're grateful for the blessings for sure, but um, this will definitely be the end. <laughs> now, she's known about her physical oddity for a while, and uh, she knows it's a pretty rare one, too. And that's why her pregnancy is really considered a high risk. And Dr. Davis actually specializes in the high-risk pregnancies. The babies, by the way, in case you're wondering, are both girls, and they're growing exactly as they should. The tricky part will be when both or maybe just one, decides to make their entrance into the world. But no matter what you call them, in a few weeks, the Hatchers will be the proud parents of five children under the age of eight. And you thought your life was busy. Hmm. Wow. Well, I hope that someone's going to be able to play traffic cop when both babies decide to emerge into our world. Hmm. Well, there was a 58-year-old intoxicated daycare owner from Massachusetts who allegedly attacked her husband with a baseball bat, but she did it at the same time that she was in the care of three young children, according to the police. She's Diane Fenton, and she's facing a number of charges, which also include three counts of reckless endangerment of a child after she allegedly assaulted her husband at their Walpole home in Massachusetts. Fenton's husband called the cops that afternoon and said that his wife was chasing him around the house with a baseball bat. He had confronted her about, uh, well, he had found her intoxicated while taking care of a six-month-old, a three-year-old, and a four-year-old, according to the police. He said that there was just something no parent wants to experience. A mother of one of the children in the Fenton's care told the news outlet, saying that it was an isolated incident that presented no warning signs, and we were completely unaware of any prior issues. It hadn't been reflective of our experience with home daycares. The children were all inside the house and uninjured when the cops got there. Fenton had a license to run this daycare business out of the residence. Fenton's husband claimed that, well, she abused alcohol and she'd been violent toward him in the past, allegedly slashing him with a knife about a year ago, according to cops. And Fenton now has been ordered to stay away from her home. <clears throat> and I'm pretty sure... She won't be doing any more daycare for a long, long time. <clears throat> yeah, But here's one woman, though, um, who, let's just say, had an unexpected um, toy for the kitty cats to play with. According to a New York City woman, a group of primarily female lions managed to nab this woman's $1,800 designer bag. You see, they were on a safari. She's Diana Fiorentios, 
Uh, I guess it's Florentinos, I guess. Well, anyway, Diana and her aunt, Stacy Florentinos, were visiting the Namibia, uh, nation of Namibia together. They were scouting worthwhile destinations for clients when this incident occurred. Now, on this safari, Diana noticed uh, early on that the lions that she and her aunt spotted were, well, very active. So she whips out her camera. She says, there was a lot of shuffling going on. And the next thing I knew, the lions had my bag. I really don't even know how they got it, but I assume it must have fallen out of the vehicle at some point with all of the excitement that was happening, according to Diana. She realized that the lions not only had her $1,800 designer bag, but the contents inside as well. That included her iPad, a necklace that belonged to her grandmother. Of course, the lions, with good taste, seemed very excited to have her little bag. She said they were playing and curious about it for over an hour. Diane watched as the lions explored every inch of her $1,800 designer purse with their mouth and paws. The safari's guide tried encouraging the lions to move away from the bag, but the big cats didn't seem to want to budge until several safari vehicles arrived. Well, once the lions finally cleared the area, the guides then collected Diana's bag and all the contents And aside from a battery and one hat, Diana actually received all of the belongings inside her designer purse when the lions grabbed it. She said some pieces were missing from the bag, but she did manage to place the strap back on and kept on using it. Well, I guess you might say the lions did have good taste. Well, I don't think this will go down as one of the great high-speed pursuits in police history, but the Mobile, Alabama police were called to the local Piggly Wiggly on Navco Road after they said that a man drove off in one of the store's electric shopping carts. Oh, this is something you really have to see because all kinds of interesting things happen at the Piggly Wiggly. The call came in at about 2.30 in the afternoon. Witnesses there advised that this man had driven away in an electric cart and also provided a description of that man, although that was really hardly necessary. As officers quickly located the suspect, uh, still riding the cart, by the way, which uh, topped at the top speed of 2.5 miles per hour, where the man, identified as 66-year-old Herman McMillan, was headed, we still don't definitively know, but his home address is about a mile from the local Piggly Wiggly. Mr. McMillan was taken into custody and charged with first-degree theft, and he also has an outstanding warrant for possession of a controlled substance. He uh, is remained in the mobile metro jail pending an initial court appearance. So, yeah, you got to be careful when you shop the Piggly Wiggly. You just never know what could possibly happen there. Definitely would have loved to have seen that police chase, that's for sure. And you never know what happens in Florida, but this is probably something you should not be surprised by. A 38-year-old man from St. Cloud, Florida, has found himself in a little hot water. Officers there discovered that, well, he was keeping five alligators in a bathtub at his home, according to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. Robert Robinson was issued a criminal citation for the personal possession of wildlife without a Class II permit after officers found the gators in his home when they received this anonymous tip. Now, officers visited the home mentioned in the tip and were greeted by someone sitting on the front porch. 
So they contacted Robinson, who was confirmed as the owner of the house. Robinson, over the phone, told the officers that he did have alligators in his home and also gave them permission to go inside to check it out, according to the report. When they were inside the bathroom at his bedrooms there at his house, officers found the five gators inside the bathtub. They double-checked the other rooms in Robinson's house to make sure he wasn't in possession of any more animals before grabbing the handful of gators. Officers uh, caught up with Robinson near his work to speak to him in person, to which the man revealed that he actually caught the alligators from a pond near his home. Now, it still remains unclear how long Robinson was in possession of those alligators, but he was given a citation, and it carries a mandatory court appearance. The alligators were then released into Lake Topakaliga, which is where they probably should have belonged, rather than in Mr. Robinson's bathtub. Officers were actually relieved that there were just gators in the tub, you know, because, you know, in Florida these days, they're used to usually finding meth. (laughs) Most people can't imagine getting into a tub with a dangerous creature, unless maybe, of course, your spouse is trying to get frisky. Well, until now, I had no idea that to sell a Ford Mustang to somebody, you have to break the law to get arrested. At least that's what appears to be the justification for a used car salesman in Albuquerque, New Mexico, who was doing just that. Whatever happened to, you know, slapping the roof and saying, oh, she's a solid machine, huh? Well, the officer tells the driver he was clocked at doing 103 miles an hour in a 45 zone. Now, in case you're wondering, that's probably criminal speeding no matter what state you're in, much less most countries. But it's all good because the guy explained what he was doing to the cops. You know, I'm sorry, bro. He was smiling at the cop. He was just, you know, giving it a good test drive. You know, the guy was going to trade in his car. So let's see what this baby can do, right? And it's all good, right? The guy explained he was doing and smiled at the cop. But, of course, you and I both know it wasn't okay. So the car salesman seems completely shocked when the officer tells him he's under arrest. Far too many people seem to think they can get to drive however they want without consequences. But that's just simply not the case. You see, if you do certain things while behind the wheel, you know, like more than doubling the speed limit, the police can and most likely will arrest you. Instead, this guy keeps apologizing to the officers and asks if there's anything he can do. I assume this means anything he can do to get out of that ticket. The cop well, as you might expect, seems a little annoyed at all of this, and I can probably see why for obvious reasons. The cop says exactly what we're thinking, that the car salesman is old enough to know better than to speed like that and not to expect to be arrested. I mean, who seriously doesn't know this? Well, here's the officer pulling over and arresting the car salesman. You're doing 103 miles an hour in a posted 45 mile an hour zone. Do you have your driver's license, registration proof insurance? Yes, I apologize, sir. I'm on the. I'm doing a test drive right now for the customer. I am so sorry about that. Um, I'm on it. I'm on my job. I am sorry, bro. Here's my information right here. Right now, you're under arrest for reckless driving. I apologize, sir. I'm I don't sorry. care. Get out of the car. You're under arrest. Can I call my boss to let him know? In a little bit, but not right this moment, no. So when the sales manager arrives, you can expect he's none too happy about the whole situation. So I'm betting this guy probably got fired. But hey, look, the sales guy at least didn't crash and kill somebody. Doing 103 in a 45 zone? 
you know, if this guy were any more reckless behind the wheel, he'd be a senior citizen. I guess you really can't blame him for driving so fast. I mean, that's what most people do to get the heck out of New Mexico. <coughs> well, apparently the car must have been in good condition. Not sure, though, whether or not he was going to get to sell it at his used car lot, though. Well, if this happened to me and I had a penny on hand, I just might start scratching. And, of course, I might be doing this podcast from a jail cell. There was a woman near Cape Cod, Massachusetts, named Danielle Alexandrov. She got a few boxes in the mail. One of them was oddly heavy. She didn't really know what it was. So she opens it up and finds $20,000 worth of unscratched lottery tickets. Now, the first thing I'm thinking about is, did she check the address label? Or did she just assume that it was for her? Well, these tickets were all in stacks and all wrapped in plastic. She says a box full of lottery tickets was really tempting. And she did think about keeping them. But thankfully, her values are always to do the right, next right thing, right? So Danielle gets in touch with the local lottery officials. Turns out that they were not supposed to go to her. No, they were supposed to go to the liquor store down the street. And FedEx delivered them to the wrong address. Well, here's Danielle talking about receiving this unexpected delivery. This is a joke, thinking it's like like joke tickets, until I looked at the receipt and it valued $20,000 worth of scratch tickets. As I'm discussing with, you know, um, one of my employees, we our values are like, do the next right thing. And so uh, we looked at the receipt, where it's supposed to go, and went to return the box. I played the tape out through my mind. You know, what would happen if I kept these? Would I be able to sleep at night? You know, those kind of things. And it was like, no, the right thing to do is to go return it. Well, the Massachusetts lottery said Danielle definitely did the right thing because she probably would have never been able to cash those tickets anyway, no matter how much scratching she would have done, because stores, as you might know, have to activate each stack before they sell them. Until that happens, they're essentially a worthless bookmark. Well, the best criminals are the ones who think they know more about the law than the cops do. Like a 34-year-old guy who robbed a jewelers near Indianapolis and then got into a high-speed chase with the police. And during the pursuit, they could see this guy waving his hand out the window, trying to signal to them about something, but they couldn't tell what he was saying. Well, he ended up crashing into a police car, but then kept going. They eventually boxed the guy in and arrested him. So what was this guy trying to yell out of his window? Well, once he was in custody, he said he was just trying to explain that they weren't supposed to keep chasing him. (laughs) Well, okay. Some police departments, you know, have policies where the cops are supposed to call off a high-speed chase because it gets too dangerous. Well, apparently uh, this fellow was uh, banking on that as a getaway plan. I don't think it worked because he's facing a very long list of charges, including theft, resisting arrest, reckless driving, possession of marijuana, and driving without a license. Didn't quite think that through very well, did he? Well, there's an orthodontist and a gun club who have teamed up for a big promotional event called Grins and Glocks. This is where you can get a free gun when you have an Invisalign dental treatment. 
The North Carolina Orthodontist held a two-day Grins and Glocks promotion, offering a pistol for those agreeing to Invisalign aligner treatment. And those signing up could get a free Glock 19, by the way, which typically retails for about 500 bucks or a silver membership for the nearby gun range. Now, here's Dr. Jason Gladwell and Kurt Lieberman talking about this unusual promotion. Anytime you talk about firearms, um, it can be a polarizing subject. Instead of them paying for it, I'm paying for it. They have to be 21 and older, and then we do a background check here on site. And yes, there were complaints. And even Align Technology, which produces the Invisalign products, they were not smiling at the promotion. However, the orthodontics company owner, Dr. Gladwell, fired back, saying, not everyone that comes into our office is going to be eligible. It's not marketed to everyone. It's solely designed and marketed for the Youngsville Gun Club and Range. The promotion is non-transferable. The person who actually gets started with the Invisalign treatment has to actually be the eligible person. Does that make it any better? I don't know. Well, look, at least they'll be smiling pretty whenever they fire that Glock 19. Well, I'm glad I don't live next to this guy, but I'll give him kudos for creativity. He's a 64-year-old man in Iowa named Doug Kustra. He's facing some charges for painting his neighbor's plants. <laughs> That's right, plants. Did I mention that Iowa stands for idiots out walking around? Doug got arrested after police saw security footage of him walking onto the property of his neighbor and applying paint to some of their plants outside. Now, they estimate the plants are probably worth about 40 bucks. Not quite clear if he had a beef with them or what, but it's not the first time this guy's vandalized someone's property in a rather creative way. Earlier, Doug got arrested three times in a span of six days. Now, I don't know if it was the same neighbor or not, but back in the spring, he dismantled somebody's porch lights and then turned on the spigots outside to flood their yard. Cops think that he also removed a bunch of flags that were part of a Memorial Day display. And then he trespassed on somebody else's property and broke a motion sensor light and did that water spigot thing again. He's been dealing with multiple charges for all that stuff, but now he's facing additional charges for painting his neighbor's plants, trespassing, and criminal mischief. Not sure if it was a matching paint that went well with the landscaping, but anyway. And here's a 33-year-old legal eagle who quit her $75,000 a year job to pursue her passion. No, she's not Mrs. Doolittle, but she does like to talk to the animals. Her name is Nikki Vescones. She was working as a property lawyer when she decided to start researching how to communicate in to, to communicate with animals back in 2020. Pet, pet psychics are not just for rich people, see. They're actually now becoming more socially acceptable, believe it or not. Those who tell others about their experiences with animal communicators say they're more likely to be asked for referrals than to be mocked. Now, Vescona says, I started out practicing on family and friends' pets and some strangers' animals for free, but as soon as I created social media accounts, I began to gain a steady following, and it wasn't long before requests started pouring in. The Philadelphia native quit her job to become a full-time pet psychic with just one year after beginning her research. 
She says, I was so miserable at my previous job, I was working huge hours and was just not happy, but too scared to change, as she told the Southwest News Service. Until this came along, now in 2021, Lescon has launched her pet psychic business on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And, well, she was quickly booked up for the next four months. She said, when I set up my TikTok account, I gained 175,000 followers within months. And by 2022, I had to stop taking bookings because I was so inundated. Did I mention she's a pet psychic? She says during phone sessions with clients, she's connected with hundreds of house pets, including dogs, cats, turtles, in addition to horses, cows, and pigs. The camel and the bearded dragon were one-offs. Did she ever see the movie The Horse Whisperer? Well, if you're looking to book her for your pet, uh, you can get her for 90 minutes for 550 bucks per session. She says you'll have to be on a waiting list, though. You'll be joining more than 7,600 people. Vescana says she not only understands messages from animals, but can also channel what they're feeling in their own body. Vesconez makes more now as a pet psychic than she did as an attorney. She charges $350, by the way, if you want a one-hour session. She restricts herself to two readings per day to ensure the best quality readings. So she does two readings per day, and she makes more money than she did as a lawyer. I think I'm in the wrong profession. Maybe I could, I could become a pet fortune teller. I could maybe tell the fortunes of your pets, you know? Hmm, let me listen to you, Fluffy. It it appears that Fluffy will be much flatter this time two years from now when you find her on the side of the road. That'll be $300, please. Yeah, well, people book sessions with animal communicators to unravel behavioral issues, to learn about preferences for end-of-life care, and when the time comes to make sure their pets are enjoying the afterlife. That's right. She can tell you whether all dogs go to heaven. But increasingly, pet psychics say the questions are as simple as, is the cat happy? What more can we do? Owners come away from the sessions with a little less sadness and a stronger sense of connection and easing of anxiety. Well, let's just say I think this is probably benefiting the pet owner more than the pets. And if you got the bank account to pay for it. It's your money. Well, um, I'm sure you in, you know, grade school or some vacation Bible school and church Sunday school somewhere, you may have used glitter. Maybe you got a birthday card or an anniversary card or some card to celebrate and you opened it up and you got glitter bombed. Maybe if you've been around enough glitter, you know that glitter gets everywhere and you'll be finding it for days, weeks, maybe months. Well, thanks to its persistence, some savvy daters are now using glitter to spot their significant other cheating. That's right. TikTok users are posting videos showing their method of using glitter to investigate their partner's fidelity, including some who successfully have caught their lover uh, sparkle-handed. One person put glitter in the passenger side sun visor of her boyfriend's car to reveal whether anyone was riding shotgun, particularly 
an unsuspecting woman attempting to touch up her makeup. She said, we all know a girl will look in that mirror at some point. Glitter don't lie, according to the video caption. Now, such schemes were unnecessary for one jilted TikToker who found her boyfriend with glitter directly on his face. Her probe of his shimmery visage eventually elicited the truth that he went out and, quote, had a biatch sit on his face. <laughs> One wife decided to use the trick to reveal a lower-stakes lie, putting small clumps of litter on the toilet seat and in the shower and under the shower mat. She says, my husband said he will clean the bathroom while I'm at work today. Let's see if he actually does. Now, some suspicious singles swore by the sparkle, but others argued that the trend is more likely to reveal a lack of trust in the relationship as opposed to genuine fidelity concerns. One writes, if your bathroom is so clean, you've got to put glitter to see if he cleaned it. I side with him. Another one said, just trying to start a fight later. Now, well, glitter bombing your ex can also make for a satisfying revenge, as others have shared on social media. One TikToker showed up, well, someone pouring glitter all over her boyfriend's room and bathroom with the caption, when your ex is a cheating liar. Now, supporters of this payback approach suggested additional places to sprinkle the shimmer, like in the washing machine, a ceiling fan, spring it in on the closet and the dishwasher. It's so harmless, yet so painful. Hmm. Definitely, it's not going to be a dream cleaning up, that's for sure. Well, you know, most folks come to this country to pursue the American dream. The American dream, obviously, is to get out, be independent, you know, do things on your own, become successful, right? There's a very different kind of an American dream now that's apparently upon us, as countless young adults are choosing to live with their parents <clears throat> instead of pursuing the American dream on their own. In fact, a recent survey reveals a staggering 68% of Gen, Gen Z adults are opting to remain with their families. The shift is also noticeable among millennials, with 20% still residing with mom and dad. The analysis revealed that a significant number of both millennials and Gen Zers are choosing to share a household with at least one family member, and it represents the largest generational shares among all age groups. And furthermore... The study estimates that 51 million individuals are currently living in multi-general households. What's perhaps even more surprising is many of these young adults don't anticipate leaving their family homes anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mom and Dad, hope you're enjoying retirement. <laughs> the Rent Cafe survey found that more than 40% of both millennials and Gen Zers expect to continue living with their families for at least another two years. That would never happen in my house. My parents would move without telling me before they would let me stay in their house <laughs> all for two years. Now, some millennials in particular are remarkably patient, 14% envisioning a shared household for at least another decade. That's right. You'll have a 40-year-old living in your basement playing video games. And Gen Zers are somewhat more optimistic. Only 6% expect a similar arrangement into adulthood. Yep, there's your new normal, folks. Well, um, there's some residents in the coastal city in Oregon that gathered a recent Sunday afternoon, marking 
a 53-year anniversary of an event that happened back in 1970. Um, it involved an exploding whale. Neighbors say that they know their community will always be remembered by the botched disposal of a sperm whale that washed ashore on a Florence, Oregon beach, ultimately finding its way into popular culture over the years. Now, you may remember this. Television reporter Paul Lindman was sent out to cover this attempted disposal of this sperm whale that had beached, and it was unlike anything ever seen before. Lindman said that he had his doubts about the assignment, but very quickly discovered how unique the story would be. We said, what do you want us to do? And they said, well, they're going to dispose of this whale at the coast, so we want you to cover it. Lindman says, really? And they said, well, we're going to use dynamite. And Lindman said, okay, we're going. Well, what followed was the whale carcass being thrown into pieces across the spectators and reporters with cars being damaged in the process by the falling pieces of whale blubber. Lindman said it was a sight and smell he will never forget. Here's the original reports from 1970 when they blew up the sperm whale carcass on the beach. Well, I'm confident that it'll work. The only thing is we're not sure just exactly how much uh, explosives it'll take to disintegrate this thing so the scavengers, seagulls and crabs and whatnot can clean it up. Our camera stopped rolling immediately after the blast. The humor of the entire situation suddenly gave way to a run for survival as huge chunks of whale blubber fell everywhere. A parked car over a quarter of a mile from the blast site was the target of one large chunk. The passenger compartment literally smashed. Everyone on the scene was covered with small particles of dead whale. Lindman said when it blew up, that was a smell beyond descriptions. Suddenly it was over us. My trench coat was pink and it was glistening. The chunks of whale blubber flew everywhere and was all captured on Lindman's camera. The video became a national story that is still remembered today in Western Oregon and the nation in general. This is something that put Florence, Oregon on the map, says Terry Hankins. In fact, that the whale was exploded and became sort of a debacle and a mistake really did put Florence in the public eye. Now, Hankins and other residents decided to honor the whale memory every November with the Exploding Whale Day held on November 12th. Here, here's some folks from the community talking about this momentous event. When it blew up, that was a smell beyond all description. We said, what do you want us to do? Well, they're going to dispose of this whale at the coast. We want you to go down and cover. I said, really? And they said, they're going to use dynamite. I said, okay, we'll go. <laughs> Mostly what we focus on is bringing the community in, education, and talking about history a little bit. You know, this is a very historical event. We want to make sure that the whale is remembered. Fellow event organizer Elaine McMillan said that the day is to be an educational as well as a positive day to remember Florence's history. What we focus on is bringing the community in, education, and in talking about history. McMillan says this is a very historical event, and a lot of good has come from it, and a lot of education, so we want to make sure that the whale is remembered. Florence resident Connie Robertson personally has ties to the exploding whale incident, with her grandfather working to clean up the remaining blubber. Robertson said she never would have thought the explosion would reach the level of popularity that it has become. I can promise you, though, it has never been tried again. Hey! 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 Hey!
You know I'm open to talking about anything, but love talking about surviving in the stupidity that's always around us. If you're insane enough to ask, I'm insane enough to reply. I'd love to hear from you, either by leaving a voice message or a written message. You can do that at podcast.insaneericlane.com. Leave any comment that you have from a podcast to a question, and I'll be happy to address either one. Your question or comment just might be played and or talked about in a future episode. And if you or someone you know would like to join in on a podcast, you're more than welcome to participate. If you have the Spotify for Podcasters app on your phone, you can do just that. It's as simple as a phone call. Just download the app at your favorite app store and add the podcast here to your favorites. You can also email me with comments, questions, requests at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. Of course, you can also subscribe to the podcast if you listen on Apple, iHeart, Breakers, Google, Verbo, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And don't forget to follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane. Paternity leave uh, starting to come to a close, or how, how much more do you? Yeah, it's starting to come to like I'm, I'm having the realization that uh, you know I don't know that this this dream I've been living is coming to a close. <laughs> That's <laughs> I'm right. Like, You've I, been I'm living to have my next kid, so I could have more time off work. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. It's getting back into the. You have to do something to put yourself back into that rhythm of uh, being, you know, employed full time. I, I know. I was actually I was thinking about it last night because see what I have to do. I, my vacation time does not carry over into the next oh. year, and I've yeah. still got like nine vacation days. Well, so you would say, oh hey, my. like if if I wanted to use all of my paternity leave and then my nine vacation days, I could go into the new year without having to work. Okay. But that's oh. kind of a lot to ask. Like e- even, you know, getting the amount of time I got off right now, it's a yeah. lot to ask. It's, and so I kind of made the decision, like, I'll be back for December so other people can take vacations and Christmas and whatnot. And, uh, you know, having the basically like three months, all of September, October and November. So, yeah, three months um, that, uh, you know, that's enough at once. And, and then I'll carry over my extra uh, paternity leave to the next year. And, and so here's the trick. Uh, my vacation days don't carry over, but my paternity uh, leave can go up to a year after the birth. Uh, so uh, what I'm doing essentially is ending my paternity leave. Uh, today's my last day of paternity, and tomorrow I'm going to have to log in quickly from home if if mm. I can. I don't know. We'll see if they've got me all set up to do that with my access restored. And I'll then sign up for my nine vacation days uh, to carry uh, me into the remainder of November. And so that okay. way, I essentially get to carry vacation days over next year, effectively. Oh, yeah. I see. All right. See. Well, that's that's yeah. And, and hopefully, you're you're using the the paternity leave to you know get to do the bonding that you need to do, right? Oh yeah, I've been bonding. Though I will say, like the moment I pick up, um, if, if I'm not walking around with my uh, you know, newborn, then he's not happy. Like the moment I lay down. 
he is like he's all fussy he is not happy so uh you know effectively what it ends up being is mrs poncho wears him around in a wrap like all day and this kid <laughs> just sleeps for hours super happy wow yeah. so well and well you're, you're you're coming out of the uh paternity leave going into the holidays so this is like a uh, it's gonna be a crash course, you know. I know, right? I, I will say that the good thing is that the um, what, what do you call it? The uh, daylight savings is our yes. friend this time around. It, meaning, like my my son, my oldest, thinks that eight o'clock is nine o'clock. Basically, like that's what his, oh, he doesn't understand really? time at all right now. He get he does not get time, <laughs> but his biological clock essentially says, "Oh, that's it." And so we've been trying really hard to keep with that routine to get. Um, basically we could get the, the young one down, the baby down by seven, uh, yeah. which was eight, you know, but we could get, if you get him down by seven, then I can watch a little star Wars show with, uh, <laughs> it's like a little kid star Wars show with, with our three-year-old he's loving it. And I could do that from seven to seven thirty, And by that time, then mama's down here, you know, and we could all do bedtime together there and he could be down by eight. Uh, you know, oh, okay. now this is going to, end up biting us in the butt come back spring again next year uh but you know what uh, it's kind of what happened last year that got us on this eight thirty nine o'clock schedule to begin with so um, right 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 yeah they, they, i read an article i can't remember if it was today or yesterday but it was, it was just about the whole you know getting dad's brain rewired during paternity you know so that the, oh, no. have, you, have you seen those, those those articles about that i haven't seen any articles but i was just i was laying in bed last night thinking do i actually remember what i do for a living and, and part of me was thinking like oh no what, what if i don't there's really a chance that i might have forgotten so much oh, but i think the fear yeah. is actually going to be that it's all going to come back to me immediately and then yeah. it's going to feel like no, no time passed at all. And right. You know, and, and so like, I, I don't really want to lose that, you know, that, that sense yeah. of like going back into the, the, the daily grind. I don't know the, uh -huh. the magic will be gone. And yep. 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 That this is true. So, uh, but yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, that's, um, that, that I never had to worry about that. You know, <laughs> I know you're like, hey, I'll take that. It's, it's something I'd rather worry about than not have to ever, you know, have the opportunity to worry about. Yeah, yeah, that, that's it. So, but well, uh, for 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 us, we're re, you know, it's not paternity to leave. It's going to soon be retirement. We're actually talking about, you know, what would you like to do? And for me, I can't see myself. I've been doing radio for like. 45 almost 45 years and i you know i just can't see myself stopping cold turkey i'm still maybe i'll volunteer for public radio or something you know i don't know oh, I'm, i haven't are, figured that are you are you talking like a uh public radio oh my gosh a volunteer <laughs> like um uh, i mean are you, are you trying to say that the insane eric lane show is going to go daily i mean that's what i'm uh, hearing uh, well you never know i mean it, it could be i could become maybe i could become a, a retired youtuber i mean, again, <laughs> you know, I mean I, are you know, there any I can make YouTubers money. that have actually retired yet, or is it too young of a industry? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I may, I may catch catch on and become just a, a YouTuber. You know, the, be, the only ones that I, I retired really, did so kind of like uh, due to I don't know some kind of 
like scandal yeah. or something. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I know that I'm I've I've got my my adult beverage here. I I told you last week I finished my uh, Gleva. Okay, that was my last of the, which I got for my uh, anniversary, and I did a little price checking. You can't get Gleva. Here in the States, you can get it in Canada, but I'm not willing to drive to Canada right now to get another bottle. You can get another Scottish liqueur, which is Drambui, which I, I like. You, in the, you can get it basically right here in town. So I thought, well, okay, maybe I'll go and see what a, a bottle of Drambui would run. It's almost 50 bucks for oh, a bottle of liqueur. I bet. Oh, for liqueur, though, that's expensive for liqueur. Yeah, it is. I mean, 49 bucks for, for Drambui. I'm thinking, okay, well, I, I'll just pull out one of my Yingling Hershey's Porter and enjoy my bottle of uh, Hershey, Yingling Hershey's Porter here. So that's what I have. And <laughs> I'm just going to be drinking my, my beer. Oh, man. Look at you. Uh, so, though, I mean, I, you know, I, I prefer an IPA, <laughs> but I, you know, I tried out the, the cherry uh, almond kombucha. and Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll say it, it turned out because it, it was available yesterday. Like, that was... I got to put it in the fridge and I let it cool down a little bit before I open it up. It tastes, it's the best batch I've done yet though. We'll see there. I, there I might you go. need see? to add more almond extract because the almond flavoring seems to disappear altogether, but the cherry comes uh, through nicely. That's not overbearing. It, nice. it keeps the flavor of the kombucha. Oh, it, it's the best batch I've had so far. I let it ferment for about what, three weeks. I, I would I would hope that it would keep getting better each time you perfect it. You yeah, know, that's, that's the idea. But it, it takes, uh, you know, it takes practice. And, and I've never uh, bottled, you know, like I've never made this flavor combination before. So the perfecting is going to yeah. be figuring out how much almond extract uh, to go. But the cherry is great. Um, you know, and I've learned don't put too much juice because uh, you don't want <laughs> you don't want it to taste like juice. Like that's it loses the yeah. kombucha flavor. Um, yeah. And, uh, now and then, the question is how. How does Mrs. Poncho like it? She actually likes it a lot, and she doesn't like regular kombucha, uh, like store bought. Okay. She thinks it's too vinegary, and she she really liked the uh, the homemade stuff that I made. Mm -hmm. So I think I think you found it. I've, I've got my kombucha here. I've got uh, you know I've got, got the chiropractor again today, just uh, <laughs> because it's right free and uh, yeah. for being at least yeah. right now. Um, and, and I, I kept thinking about, you know, I, I asked Mrs. Poncho if she'd ever heard about like baby chiropractors and uh, yeah. you know, like not not like chiropractors that are that are babies themselves, but that perform right. their their, uh, right. you know, their they're going to they're perform chiropractic on an infant. Basically. And, and, and like she's like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that before. And I was something about the only person that hasn't known about this. Because in my huh? mind, what I'm viewing is like the Burger King, you know, small hands guy. <laughs> Uh, doing because yeah. like, that's what you would need, right? You need like tiny hands for a little right. baby chiropractor. Um, and, yeah. Uh, so that's kind of in my mind the vision that I've got. Well, this. I, like I said, I mean, I've never been. My, I told you last the last episode, you know that that my mother thinks all thought all chiropractors were quacks. So I mean, but you you can't deny that the projectile vomiting stopped within six weeks after our kids have, as an infant. We're talking maybe what six months old. We're getting chiropractic. Oh my so, gosh! Uh, look, I, I still I feel great. I've not had a headache uh, since so far, and uh, except yeah. maybe the first day, which I account that just to like adjustment, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. And after that, you're like, hey, I'm all good, and. Um, 
and uh, I, I still do. I feel an inch or two taller still. Somehow, I was so. just about to ask yeah. if you felt if you were actually taller after that visit. I yeah, I've not so. measured myself, but I, I know how, what I'm used <laughs> to seeing at eye level, yeah. and I, I I feel like I'm in my my um like uh, Timberland boots basically, but <laughs> but without like without wearing the boots. So it's, yeah, it's like the same yeah, yeah. I feel taller. That's what that means. Well, the next time, next time that you and I are together, uh, you know, we'll have to measure to see if I look frumpier and you look taller. <laughs> well, if you look frumpier, it might just be in, in comparison to, you know, I've, I've been trying to get better at eating a little healthier again and exercising. So. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, th 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 and I sent you a message on, on Messenger about, you know, I, I have more cushion than the hard bodies, you see. And so it, it's, it's much more easier to hug people like me because there's more cushion, you know? Oh man! Well, so, I, I think the hard part about the hugging you for me is is just getting past the cringe factor. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So you have to hug me with a with a, with a, with a cutoff. I mean, what what can I say? <laughs> oh man! Oh yeah! Oh <laughs> uh, yeah! Well, so but otherwise, our week was pretty uneventful. You know, I mean, we just we. I mean, that I, I'm I'm here with with uh, I'm living with two basically older women my my wife and my mother-in-law yeah, so that, that's my life is, you're you're basically rose from the golden girls at this point yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's about right that's, at least i've got i've got uh, the only other man in the house is our, our 13 year old cat yeah so well, i'm just glad know. that you're not blanche because i would not be comfortable <laughs> no, with that no um, no no no, I, I, no 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 and, and blanche I, I i don't know blanche is probably the biggest male role in the golden girls wouldn't you think uh, i will probably yeah i you know so yeah. maybe maybe i am uh over yeah maybe, i don't know maybe, maybe i really am more identifying thinking, with I blanche i know I, I think maybe i can identify more with blanche than i can with rose you oh, know? i don't know <laughs> so well what we did last night we had uh because usually the middle of the week is pretty busy because uh, i've got you know commitments with uh, you know i'm a small group leader with the youth group my wife she's got you know, lessons that she does. So, I mean, we literally pass each other like ships in the night every, every Wednesday, because it's like uh, I'm either leaving and she's coming. So we, we really don't have much in line of how we plan our meals. So it's either leftovers or we can, I, I'll, I'll whip up like some spaghetti and sauce or something. And I'm, I'm swallowing it at whole so I can get out the door because I have to be to my next appointment. Or we get pizza. So typically, Grandma likes pizza. This is one thing Grandma and I have in common. We we never can eat too much pizza. So we decided to order a pizza last night, and uh, you know, that was good. So uh, it, you know, it, it can be. And Grandma pays for it. You know, so that's good. That that saves me the money. So you know, that's it. You know, and and, and my wife's been on this uh, Daniel diet, where it's uh it's like for twenty one days or something, and basically yeah. you eat basically the stuff that Daniel did in the Old Testament. And, uh, and, and I guess thinking, you pray for the blessing of the Lord upon yourself at the same time. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm yeah. not eating it. I'm not. There's no way. I'm. It, it's the, it's oh, called I, the I, Daniel I, fast. I, we could tell that you're not eating it. Um, no, 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 no. Going I back to I our, don't want, our previous. Uh, that's I guess, right. Like, Christian well, the, the, hug responses. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and here's the thing. I I I I couldn't do that because it would affect my figure. <laughs> oh, you know. My God. So, 
So, because yeah, she she'll soon be coming off of the fast, so she can have pizza then whenever you know she can do that. So <laughs> that's that's pretty much pretty much our life, you know. Uh, that's it, you know. Uh, but uh, it's good. No no drama. No uh, no kids to to come in. Every once in a while, we'll hear from our college kid that uh, is uh, in the process of uh, making the transfer to Liberty. So you know, I mean, that's it. I mean, no I, I newly you're like we have a college kid whenever it happens or something at this point. I, yeah. When they move out, do you just forget about them? Is it? Well, no, we don't necessarily dad, forget. Guess, maybe, yeah, but we maybe not for the we ones. No, well, we don't really necessarily forget about them, but we have a lot more free time. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, this kind of thing. So if we wanted to just take up and go on a road trip, we can, we can really do that. In fact, people keep thinking that, you know, I mean, my, my youngest son is like, you never did this when we were around. I'm like, well, obviously. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, oh my gosh, yeah. yeah, so, but yeah, and then, and it's nice to see you young, you young people, you know, dealing with the, the, the toddlers and newborns and, and the, you know, that you, you just have, have fun. Okay. So. I, you know, I, I was holding my son earlier, the, the baby, the youngest one in the mirror. And I was thinking how, how neat it is having a second, um, yeah. you know, a second child here and, and looking forward to the next uh, eventually. Uh, yeah, and, and until paternity with you. Well, but until they're old enough to start fighting with each other. I, I guess I mean, but you're you're basically on like permanent paternity leave at this point, right? Pretty um, much, pretty much. And uh, yeah, with um, like so so what I've been working on uh, besides exercising a little bit more now that the weather's cooled down, I, I found that at Costco this this like fruit and vegetable powder. That it's got supplements in it for like vitamins and stuff too, but it's actually just got dehydrated vitamins or dehydrated um, uh, like vegetables and fruit. Right. right. So that way, uh, it's like you know you pour a glass of it in the morning. It's basically four servings of fruit and vegetables. Right. Oh, so, so first meal yeah. of the day, I'm already halfway there uh, to that because I don't do a good job at at eating um, enough of those because they go bad in the fridge. It takes time to prepare. And, right. um, and and so I mean I've been I'm telling you I've been feeling great I've been I've been about two weeks in a row doing it and uh, yeah. I feel great I've got more energy uh, I I just feel um, I, I guess we'll see I feel less cushioned already as well uh, and. Yeah. Um, for me, I get my nutrition most of the time when we go out to Perkins. Yeah, per- you're, you're aging yourself with everything that you say today. Um, <laughs> I, we, we do a lot of home cooking meals, but I will say the one thing, like, when we do go out to eat, which isn't often, uh, it'll be even less often after all the Kitchen Nightmares episodes we've been watching, um, that uh, you know, one thing that I, I, we like to order food that we can't make at home. Because we, we're, we're good cooks at home. Both the wife and I are good at cooking. We kind of trade off depending on uh, the availability, I guess, of, of that. And, uh, and we, we cook, I think, really uh, – most of the things we cook, I feel like, are better than at a restaurant and cheaper than at a restaurant right. anyways. Um, Do you make your own pizza? We, I don't. I will say I, I frozen pizza that, and it's it's delicious. We love frozen pizza as well. Um, one, one thing, though, is uh, like – certain proteins like there are certain kind of protein that you can't get like there's there's a local restaurant i'd get kangaroo 
and uh, oh like yes, antelope and, and rabbit and turtle and all these things. I'm not. Well, gonna... you should be. You should be able to get plenty of alligator. You got all. Oh, got oh, plenty yeah, of them. alligator. There's <laughs> alligator you can get. I've had that. Like, but these are things that I'm not going to cook at home for myself. Let alone sure. like, where do you where do you buy that stuff? Um, yeah. And and I, I have had rattlesnake there before uh, for like an appetizer, and it's it's not a lot of meat on on rattlesnake, but I will say that rattlesnake tastes like chicken. I think, and um, it, it, well, I mean, it really does. I've heard python is not that great, um, but uh, oh, really? But snake, chicken, yeah. it's delicious. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And, and so, what I think is maybe putting a little bit of that on pizza. I would, oh, yeah. I would, I would eat that easily, especially if it's already deboned, because that <sighs> was the worst part of the rattlesnake is the the sheer quantity of bones in that thing. Oh yeah, um, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Um, well, and, they, and you know, they, the, they, they, they eat rattlesnake like all the time in Texas. I mean, that, that's, it's like, oh, a I staple. Believe it. yeah, I, I, I believe it. I mean, you got to cut down the population anyways. And, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. so, so I'm a little bit jealous of Japan right now. Um, uh, and I've never, like, this is the first time I've ever been jealous of a pizza hut pizza. Uh, is that some right? people love pizza hut. I don't know why. Anytime we I have pizza hut, it just destroys me. We had Pizza Hut last night. I, I pile everything on it. I like the meat lovers with the, with the you know the big thick dough and you know oh my I, gosh. I, uh, Pizza Hut destroys me. I don't know what it is. My stomach is just in a sharp pain every time I eat it. Um, yeah, because because you've been eating them powdered vegetables too much. That's why <laughs> too much of that. I you know my my favorite pizza uh, is the uh, veggie lovers one and oh, uh, mellow gosh, mushroom. That's a, that's a waste of good pizza crust. It's oh my gosh, no mellow mushroom. They load it up and then I replace olives with artichoke hearts. Olives are good too, but uh, yeah, I just I just like the artichoke hearts better. Um, and uh, but like but like the, with the fruit vegetable, I need protein, and so um. And if you're having carbs and you want to cut down and on some of the um, like the sugars and glucose you take, and you need protein with it, that's that's gonna uh, help you metabolize things a little bit better. I, I, I can tell your wife is a dietitian. Yeah, this uh, it, it is. Um, she's also friends with dietitians, so sometimes we've got other dietitians also uh, coming to the house yeah. and uh, and chatting. Um, most recently, this this friend of ours is. Uh, been working to become some kind of like a lactation consultant. So, okay. you know, she comes by and then my wife and her talk about boobs for like an hour. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, <laughs> if you, if you want to be a fly on the wall here, maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, put you on speakerphone and we'll see if you can silently listen in. If you ever curious yeah. on these things, yeah, um, that's, a, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to is women, <laughs> women doing boob talk. I know, right? I, the weird thing is, it doesn't even phase me anymore, and I could probably join in and contribute just as just as meaningfully in, in it not being weird at all uh, for yeah. anybody. Um, yeah, I've been there, so done that. Track and rails today. If this is your first time with the podcast, welcome. Uh, that's enough of an intro. We've been going off on these things. Um, so look, we're, we'll get into the headlines. Um, snake pizza? Would you eat it? That's, that's like, I guess the first question of the day. I I um, would try it. I would at least try it. I, I I already know that I would love this. I would eat it. I would enjoy it. It, it would be um, something I would like. I, I've had I think a like, crawfish on pizza before too. Well, yeah, um, crawfish. Come on, crawfish. That, that's yeah. like that Louisiana stuff. You put that in gumbo. 
Exactly. The the only thing wrong with the story is it starts with the words Pizza Hut, in, in my yeah. opinion. Um, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Pizza Hut, they have a new topping that you can't get in the U.S. Uh, don't worry. You won't be too disappointed. Pizza Huts in Hong Kong are now selling snake meat pizza. So they're actually and selling it. Commercially. It, yeah. No, for real. Like it's for commercial consumption. Um, <laughs> and so I guess this all depends on the kind of snake that's on it. Uh, like I think Python's <laughs> a little rubby, rubbery, I think I've heard. Um, <laughs> it, it's their take on a traditional snake stew that's popular in China during fall and winter. Each mm. nine-inch pizza comes with cheese, mushrooms, dried ham, and a generous serving of snake meat that's cut mm. up to strips. Mm. And uh, instead of tomato sauce, it's got like an abalone sauce okay. and uh, or abalone, um, which I, I think it's like a like a deep sea kind of like. Um, so it's got like it a fishy abalone? taste, right? I, I would think so. Uh, yeah, because it's like a shellfish, I think. Um, yeah. So so I mean yeah, it's it's a little different, I, I'd say. But um, so someone who tried it said the snake meat kind of tastes like chicken. But drier, yeah. so I, they might be rattlesnake. I mean, it might be or something nah. really similar. Uh, right. If you want to try it, you'll need to book a flight to Hong Kong pronto. Uh, it's not only on the menu; it's only now on the menu through November. So, uh, uh, well, well, yeah, you gotta yeah. get there. Like, you gotta get there quick if you want snake meat pizza for Thanksgiving. I know. Look, I, I understand if someone thinks that this sounds gross. I would. I'd eat this. I think it sounds pretty good. Uh, no. Shellfish and snake. It's right up my alley. But I remember though, we like, we live in a country where people eat pickled like pig's feet. <laughs> um, yep. Rocky Mountain oysters. Yeah. Uh, head cheese, turtle soup, uh-huh. which I have had turtle soup before and it tastes like yep. pond. Uh, <laughs> sprayable cheese and spam. So, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. not judging, right? This is true. Right true. Food alley. But look, I mean, fried spam, fried bologna, you know, chicken gizzards, chicken livers, you know, that stuff's fantastic. I love that kind of stuff, you know. But I have not had Rocky Mountain oysters, though. I have not, I haven't. I'm not even sure I would even try the Rocky Mountain oysters. <laughs> a buddy of mine accidentally had some in a bowl of, <laughs> of like Vietnamese pho, like oh, a soup. And they yeah. didn't, it was the, the whole menu was in Vietnamese, so they didn't really know what they were ordering. And, wow. uh, and then they, they start eating the food, and you got this like pungently beefy, spongy kind of like meat inside of it. And, uh, yeah. <clears throat> that was that was the uh the test and that was the that was the yeah. oyster yeah that yeah. that that would that would definitely probably that, that i have rarely rarely ever gotten sick when i've eaten food but that just might trigger something <laughs> if i had something like that just no not that actually uh i i just i i i used to get sick a lot you know getting car sick i don't even yeah, yeah. i don't i don't remember really getting nauseous very often, uh, I think the last time I got really nauseous was when we had the contaminated pork at my son's school, and we all come down with three days of salmonella. Oh my gosh, so, that was me with some bad chicken one time. Yeah, yeah, you know. So that's I think that's the last time that I can remember even feeling a bit queasy. But but you know, I, I definitely I, I I don't well actually one of my favorite stories was was when a friend of mine when I flew to Arkansas. Uh, for our Thanksgiving reunion. And I just, I still, we, we still talk about this and we crack up laughing. We're on a little private plane for flying out of a rural town in Northern Pennsylvania to connect, make a connection in Pittsburgh. And okay. so the little, the little pond jumper, you know, it's got to get up above the clouds. And so as it's ascending, it kind of bounces up and down, you know, like the little two seaters, you know, some of these things are, or the, or it's got two aisles. It's all of this. 
So my friend and I uh, were sitting in the two seats that is next to the aisle and this girl is sitting across from us. Now, granted, she was a little pregnant. So that was probably the, the big problem right there. But we, we hit that bit of turbulence and you could tell she was getting greener and greener in the face as we continued to bounce up and down until she finally reached up and grabbed the little barf bag <clears throat> in front of her. And we're sitting here and every time the plane took a dip, you know, in this, tur- she would take a dip into her barf bag. It was just, and, and it was to the point we were all, that's all we could do to keep from busting out laughing. Cause every time, <laughs> the, every time the plane would dip, she would dip into the barf bag. It reminded me of those, you know, you know, the, the, back years ago, like 60s or 70s, you might have seen them, the little birds that have the, the, like the, the red liquid in them. They look like a big thermometer with a, with a bird head on top. And if yeah, you, set yeah, a, yeah. you set a glass of water down and the bird just kind of dips in the water back and forth. That's what she looks like. She looks like a little bird dipping its beak in the, in the water. And it, it, we finally leveled off and enjoyed a nice 20 minute flight to Pittsburgh. Then they come back into descending into Pittsburgh and the bouncing started again and she grabbed the barf bag and we're almost busting our, our ribs laughing. So, I mean, I, in the, and we, we kind of felt sorry for her, but I was laughing so hard. I had to stop looking. I couldn't even look at my friend because he <laughs> would start laughing, you know? So it is kind of funny when you get someone ralphing like this. Okay. And, uh, but there are, there are consequences. Okay. And some of the consequences have come uh, become evident at the Playboy Mansion, believe it or not. Now, I guess I guess by now we've got all the evidence we need that the Playboy Mansion was a pretty nasty place. OK, but if you need more, I've got this story. Staying thin, obviously, was a pretty big priority for the ladies there at the mansion. OK, to the point that, uh, well, body dysmorphia and eating disorders were pretty common. Um, and there was a new episode of a podcast called uh, Call Her Daddy. Uh, and Holly Madison was on the podcast. And she, Holly was saying that so many of the women were throwing their cookies up at the mansion. The bathroom pipes literally had to be replaced. Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever stayed in a place that they had so much vomiting going on, they had to replace the sewer pipes? Okay. Well, well I'd, I'd like to think it was all the pooping going on at the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> I, I don't know. But... Well, to be fair, I mean, now Holly Madison says she didn't actually see this. She only heard about it and she didn't believe it at first. Now, on the podcast, she says, I, I was like, no, that's just too over the top. You don't have to replace a bathroom pipe because of somebody's stomach acid. But she claims that somebody there confirmed that it was true. True story was in Us Weekly here a while back. I don't know. Is that possible? Can you actually have so many people throwing up that the stomach acid was beginning to erode the pipes in the house? I mean, maybe it's just like if you've got enough like stomach acid combined with vodka or something. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, that's a lot of puking. I mean, to think about it, that 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 you have to replace the the, the pipes in the house from all the puking. But you I know, mean, I mean, that, that is well. I mean, it's a little bit sad, I guess. With uh, you know, yeah, the, uh, a lot of people that probably are just doing that to try to stay what like keep their figure. The right, uh, exactly. But honestly. That's a lot. That, that's a lot of vomit. When you think that, about it, that is a lot of vomit. That's a lot of acid there. I, it, it's like a like a Ridley Scott movie, I guess, at the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> oh man! Um, 
Well, look, uh, you know, this is one more reason why I'm happy to be me and to just be like normal, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, right. You know, <clears throat> not in, in these like reality type show. Yeah. Uh, I, there's there's no reality show in my life, I guess we'll, we'll say. Um, but uh, I guess. Uh, you know, but you're healthy. Are, you're you're healthy. You're eating your powdered vegetables. You're having your kombucha. <laughs> you you have a kale salad every once in a while, and your veggie I, pizzas. I you're, you're making me sound like I'm not the kind of person I am. But maybe maybe this is who I've become. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm much more. My um, question here's my question though: Do you still yeah, have your appendix? Yeah. I still have my appendix. Oh yeah, my, my mine is all good. Okay. Uh, yeah, right. I, I, I don't feel it, and I think that's the appropriate uh, way the the appendix should feel. Um, and, uh, I, um, I I guess what what I will say is like, uh, even though I, I'm enjoying, I guess the, you know, the healthy, I try to live healthy. I, I'm not like, uh, this new age, you know, granola kind of person either. Okay. Um, All right. Well, that's good. Right. Yeah. But, but you gotta, you gotta keep healthy. And, um, I'm trying, you know, I want you, I'm trying as hard as I can to set you up for the transition. I hope you're picking this up. And I'm trying, and I'm trying to, (laughs) to unlatch the transition you're trying to um, put up here so I could force my own one in that I'm, I'm just going to choose on a whim now. Yeah. But like, you know, one of the ways that you could go, uh, you could stay healthy is is by going to the doctor regularly too. True. Um, However, with this story, this kind of makes me wonder that maybe seeing the doctor too often might not be good for your health. There is a story what we got here of a 72-year-old Washington man. He, he's suing a hospital and two of its doctors for malpractice for allegedly removing the wrong organ during surgery. Oh, boy. Uh, now, this nearly cost him his life, he said. It's been a year of hell. Uh, hmm. Or a hell of a year, I guess. I'm sorry. I'm flipping that around. Um, he probably agree with my statement, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. His name is George Piano, which I, I think is like it's, it has to be a fake name, right? Uh, yeah. George Piano. I don't know. He told oh. USA Today uh, while detailing the alleged mishap that uh, which says occurred in 2022 at the University of Washington Medical Center Northwest. Uh, and, and like, if you're like me, you're kind of like itching to figure out which organ it was. Like, you know, I, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm like on the edge of my seat, right? Like, what is it? Oh no. Um, considering the organ was going to the worst things, right? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, considering the organ we talk about the most on this podcast, I know you're going to assume it's going to be like some kind of phallus or something. Um, but this is according to the 13 page lawsuit. He filed the Lake forest park resident visited the facility's emergency room due to abdominal pain, whereupon medics diagnosed him with appendicitis and said his appendix had to go. Piano said things didn't go as planned. When I woke up and came out of the drugs, I was in serious pain, he recalled. Much worse than I had been and when I went to the hospital. Hmm. He claims doctors were unable to locate his appendix and ended up removing a part of his lower colon instead. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, a CT scan two days later revealed the inflamed appendix was still there. Um, so imagine the doctor, you're like, oh, we got to remove this guy's appendix. Oh, I can't find it. Well, remove this instead. I don't know. This is like, um, oh, so hey, I, is this, is this it? No, oh, no. Is I, that I, it? I, these, these doctors are basically trying to fix this guy up the way that like I fix a car. You're like, Hmm, <laughs> something's wrong here. Let me start replacing some parts and see if that fixes it. And if it doesn't, yeah. I'll just get a different part replaced. Uh, um, anybody, anybody can Google YouTube. I know. Yeah. Um, oh, and so, uh, um, this prompted a piano to have it um, extracted at UWMCN, his, his appendix, and local CBS affiliate KIRO TV reported. 
Meanwhile, doctors had allegedly punctured his colon during the initial operation, oh. causing its contents to spill into his abdominal cavity oh. and make him much sicker. Oh. I was suffering from a leaking colon that created sepsis and infection, Piano told K-I-R-O, and I almost died from it. Piano said he underwent another surgery to repair his colon and manage the infection. He claims that when the surgeon who performed the alleged botched appendectomy addressed the, uh, the situation eight days later, she seemed to uh, just make light of it. Um, <sighs> yeah, yeah, you're like, <laughs> I don't even know. Wow. How do you make light of like, oops? Like, yeah. Oh, we all make uh, mistakes, right? Yeah, um, oops, my, my bad. It was, it, was, yeah. it was dark. It was dark down there. Uh, um, a personal injury attorney, Ed, Ed Edward Moore, who is representing Piano, called the ordeal mind-boggling. Uh, he says, I've never heard of someone who was unable to locate an appendix. <laughs> I, I'm assuming, especially when it's that inflamed, you'd think that it'd be a larger thing to find, you know? Yeah. Um, well, this is what Moore told KIRO. For, uh, for, it to be, uh, for it to result in this kind of harm and disruption is mind-boggling. Surgeons Nidhi Udiyavar and Paul Herman are named in the suit. He is seeking a jury trial and monetary damages, although the exact dollar amount is not known. Yeah, well, that dollar amount may be somewhere out in outer space if it were me, because I would be suing them for every dollar I could get. Oh, yeah, the dollar amount is, is about as inflamed as his appendix probably is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, yeah. I mean, it's bad enough that not only did they not correct the problem, but they actually created another problem and punctured the colon at the same time. And the doctor was kind of a, oh, well, you know, we all make mistakes, I guess, right? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I guess this is what happens when you have students going to med school to learn about woke ideology. You know, that, that's oh, all yeah. I can think of, you know. But, uh, uh, yeah, yeah no. well, I mean, I'm pretty soon it's going to be irrelevant anyway, because you're going to have, you know, robots performing surgery and can probably do it better than these doctors at this hospital. You know, unless, of course, your robot gets confused because <clears throat> robots can make mistakes, too. OK. Such as such is the case with a man in South Korea who, well, he wasn't so fortunate. He was crushed to death by a robot because the robot failed to differentiate him from boxes of food that it was handling. <laughs> you know? Okay. This incident happened when this man, a, a robotics company employee who's in his 40s, was inspecting the robot. This, this is something out of like a science fiction movie. So the robotic arm, confusing the man for a box of vegetables, grabbed him and pushed his body against the conveyor belt, which crushed his face and chest. This is quite the robot. So South Korean news agency uh, Yonhap was saying that the man was sent to the hospital, but then later died. Now, according to the news agency, the robot was responsible for lifting the boxes of peppers and transferring them onto pallets. So the man had been checking the robot's sensor operations ahead of the test run at the pepper sorting plant in South Yangsang province, according to the agency, uh, who's quoting the police. Now, the test had originally been planned for an earlier date, but was pushed back a couple of days because of problems with the robot's sensor. Uh, now, the man who was a worker from the company that manufactured the robotic arm was running checks on the machine late in the night when it malfunctioned. And in a statement after the incident, an official from the uh, Dongxiong Export Agricultural Complex, which owns the plant, called for a precise and safe system to be established. 
Well, yeah, especially if the censor can't figure out a man from a box of peppers, you know? I, what I like about the story um, is, is that, like, we all think that robots are going to take over, uh, <laughs> like iRobot or, um, I don't know, like Terminator, uh, yeah. RoboCop, right. like, you know, the, the, all these different versions of, like, a type of robot taking over. And, and in reality, it's just going to be, like, very mundane and menial, like them mistaking us for boxes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, can you imagine, though? I mean, what's going through this man's head as the robot grabs him and slams his face into the conveyor belt? That's I, uh, yeah, I can't really imagine what he's thinking about. Um, wow. Kind of like the, the robot gets a mind of its own or something. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Um, uh, this, um, I, I guess, like, uh, what, what would be, because you think about, like, in the future, right? If the future is going to be AI, robots, can, can robots get drunk? Like, like, can they be intoxicated on some kind of like malware that makes well, them high or something, you know? When when you think about the fact that this robot had uh, problems with its sensor, I guess you could say that in a sense, in in a robot wor- in a robot world, it would be considered to be drunk. Because, you know, when you get drunk, your sensors are off in a biological sense, I guess, right? I know. And, and it kind of like, you know, for just sort of mistaking uh, people for boxes and things, it sounds like some, something like a, a drunk person would mistaken, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, you're, you're seeing things or hearing things. Right. Like like mistaking uh, what we, we talk about, like, you know, super glue instead of uh, contact or eye drops, like solution <laughs> yeah. eye, eye drops. Uh, <laughs> weird things tend to happen, I guess, when, when you get drunk. Um, yeah. Most of the time, I guess, you know, we have stories about people when this happens. But, you know, the interesting fact, the same thing happens for animals. Um, oh, yeah. I love that whenever, let's say, you have apples that are fermenting a little too much or fruit that ferments on the vine yeah. and hit, yeah. and then the squirrels pick it up and eat it and they the squirrels get drunk. Have you seen, I've seen stuff like that happen. Oh my gosh! Yeah, um, I you know just, yeah. Imagine some, some like nice, I guess what wine grapes for the squirrels to uh, you know <laughs> take at the um, you know the like uh, around Christmas time maybe I don't know. Yeah, um, there you go there you go. Yeah, but um, yeah. Well, this story is uh, a little different than that, but not not too far off. Um, if you ever like, this almost seems like something from like um, I don't know, like a cartoon movie or something. Um, because like you don't think that these things happen in, in the wild. Um, this is like a, some kind of bizarre, uh, somewhat comical turn of events. There's a, a feral pig in the Australian outback. He steals 18 cans of beer from unsuspecting campers. Um, <sighs> so I mean, it seems like it's like multiple campers and, and multiple incidents of, of him stealing beer. How it learns that beer is the thing that it wants is beyond me. <laughs> and so this leads the the wild pig to get inebriated and go on this like like drunk rampage and <laughs> an unlikely showdown with a cow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, it's a headline: feral pig gets drunk on eighteen cans of beer, then takes on a cow. <laughs> uh, That's right. Yeah, it was, yeah when you see a headline right. like that, you're going to click on it. It's just. Uh, this is the natural way of things. Um, yeah. The, the particular incident unfolded near a river in the remote Australian wilderness where a group of campers had left their stash of beer cans unattended. It appears that the scent of the frothy beverages was too tempting for the pig to resist. With remarkable dexterity, it cracked open the cans and indulged in a drinking binge. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> causing quite the ruckus. One oh. eyewitness described the surreal scene as, we were just enjoying our campfire when we heard some strange noises coming from the direction of our cooler. When we investigated, we were shocked to find a feral pig guzzling down our beers as if it were a seasoned party goer. Um, <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, as the inebriated pig navigated its way around the campsite, it encountered an unsuspected adversary in the form of a seemingly docile cow. The <laughs> resulting encounter defied all expectations. Witnesses <laughs> recounted the perplexing scene with one camper recalling, there were, there were some other people camped right on the uh, river, and they saw him running around their vehicle being chased by a cow. Thankfully... <laughs> No animals were harmed during the peculiar confrontation, and eventually the pig's alcohol-fueled bravado subsided, and it retreated to nurse its hangover into the wilderness. Reactions poured in from Instagram users where one comment uh, read, Sounds like Saturday night in Arkansas. Well, uh, another, another claimed, He hakuna matata hard. Uh, I like that one. Um, well, yet another commented, of course, he's Australian. Oh, my gosh. That is so good. What do you got a battle between pork and beef? You know, right there, man. Oh, That's know, great. Yeah. Can you imagine a wild pig taking on a cow and then the cow chasing the pig around the picnic table? That, to me, that would be probably the best entertainment I would have seen all night. You know, I've had I've had smoked drunken turkey before, and I'm kind of starting to wonder, like, do they marinate the turkey by in in like uh, having it inebriated before they before um, they kill it? Yeah, but yeah, like, you know. Oh my gosh, that's that's wonderful, man. I I, I don't, of course we don't know who won, other than the fact I guess the pig managed to at least get off and go back and sleep everything off. Probably didn't remember it the next day either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess when you you're, you're drunk, you just you end up, you know, getting into fights that you don't remember. You know, well, here's an Australian man that got into a fight that he will very unlikely never forget. And, uh, you know, if you ever get into a fight with, uh, you know, something like a crocodile, you automatically assume this is not going to end well. Well, it did not end well. <clears throat> In this case, for the crocodile, um, the uh, this Australian man claims he survived this attack by a crocodile by, let's just say, playing the, the same game the crocodile does, <clears throat> and that is biting it back. So I don't know about you, but if I'm getting bit by a crocodile, the last thing I'm thinking about is just, taking a bite out of the crocodile but uh, <laughs> northern northern territory cattle producer named colin Devereux, he, he he is very much aware that he is lucky to be alive i'll say that this veteran cattleman from the twin hill station in the outback in australia walked out of the hospital after spending about a month at the royal darwin hospital getting his treatment now, this attack happened while he was on his way to do some fencing near the Finnish River. See, he stops at the this billabong, and he noticed this fish swimming in the middle of the retreating waterway. So he tells the Australian Broadcasting Company, he says, the water had receded, and it was down to this dirty water in the middle. So I took two steps, and the dirty bastard latched right on my foot. It was a big grab, and he shook me like a rag doll. And it took off back into the water, pulling me in. He says, uh, this man, he's not, Devereaux is in his mid-60s. So he tries kicking the croc in the ribs with his left foot and then tried biting the animal back. 
I mean, took taken taking a chunk out of it. So here's Colin talking about his encounter with uh, the croc. Flashed onto me, and it was a big grab, solid. He shook me straight away, shook me like a rag doll. He took off in the water about three meters. I jumped in the air and kicked him in the ribs behind the front shoulder. And I managed to have a bite. And then I actually missed most of what I was biting at. It was all heavy head, heavy bone. And my teeth slipped up and I got all of the eyelids. And I jerked back on that and had about a second go past and he let go. This guy is literally a real-life crocodile dundee. I mean, really. So, But Devereaux says he gets a towel and some rope to strap up his leg to, to, to curb the bleeding. His brother drives him to the hospital where he gets treatment. But I'm thinking, I don't think Crocodile Dundee would have even done that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I, well, he would uh, he would have been carrying a knife on him that he would have just looked at. <laughs> That's uh, true. That's true. Yeah. But um, now that, that to me is a true in the wild Aussie. If, if you get into a, a battle with a croc and take a bite out of the crocodile, that right there, that tells me. As far as I'm concerned, you're better than Crocodile Dundee. Okay, you've oh, you've done surpassed that. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, I, I completely agree. I, I mean, what what else asserts more dominance than uh, than that? Like you bite a crocodile right back, and uh, I, I don't know, like do, do, do male crocodiles have balls? Uh, <laughs> go go for that. Like I, I, there, nothing is below uh, limits, off limits for me if I'm bit by a crocodile. Um, but, I, but I get the sense that this guy just had a certain level of confidence in, in a, like, he seems, he seems chill about this whole thing, yeah. and, which just oozes confidence and it, it makes him the ultimate Australian, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, I, I guess this is kind of like a, uh, a, a different turn here. You got someone who oozes confidence. Uh, after and maybe during a bite, and someone who probably gets emasculated. What, what happens if you get emasculated during an uh, animal bite? Uh, instead? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and uh, which leads us to our, our last uh, headline of the day. Uh, and I, this is why I've got to start with the headline because it's just it's too much of a zinger here to uh, like just a tease. <laughs> um, porn stars pet python bites partner's penis in horror scene. "Quote unquote blood everywhere." Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, I, I'm calling it a love bite. Um, oh yes, <laughs> I didn't think anything taught uh, told the snake. Uh, the snake was probably never taught that you're not supposed to use fangs. So, uh, so I guess we have a python. You know, we have a we have a yeah. python snake biting a trouser snake. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, um, you know, and, and uh, again, like the snake's not supposed to use. You're not supposed to use teeth or fangs. Um, <laughs> so hopefully, this python has learned its lesson. But uh, so this also happened in Australia. So this this will help you kind of juxtapose the difference between two kinds of Australian men. I guess there's an Australian porn star named Danny uh, Debello. He's is he's opening up uh, to um, well, actually, so she is opening up. Uh, to her followers after a traumatic uh, recent incident where her giant pet snake attacked a male scene partner in the privates. I, I want to introduce you to Betty. She's my Centralian carpet python. She's about eight feet long. I've never had an issue with her biting or anything until today. The sharply, uh, shapely beauty admitted in an Instagram video uh, that shows the snake wrapped around her neck. Debello and a pal had just filmed some steamy content together when things 
reportedly went from sexy to scary. Uh, mm. Maybe the Python's just learning from what it's seeing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so earlier, uh, I had a friend over and we shot a video. Once we were finished doing that, he jumped in the shower, but he I, he did not mention he wanted to hold my pet snake afterwards. The actress reveals revealed after coming out of the shower, the Bella placed the snake around her unwitting friend's neck and headed to the bathroom to get washed up. She started to walk away and leave the room, but it was suddenly startled by his massive. Uh, but but I was suddenly startled by by his massive scream. <laughs> I turned around and see that Betty is holding onto his dick. And he's tried to pull uh, her, her off it. Oh, my. Uh, she said, after a few minutes, we got her off and I put her back. So imagine minutes of this thing last, Sean. Um, after a few minutes, we got her off and I uh, put her back in onto her enclosure. And there was blood everywhere. So we cleaned all that up. She uh. added, after pulling the snake off his penis, she checked to make sure there was no little teeth uh, left in it because oh. pythons sometimes leave their teeth in things after biting them. Oh. Her commenters uh, expressed their shock in the comment section. Stuff of nightmares, one said. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yikes. I, I, it was only a matter of time. I, uh, the first time that this popped, like a story like this would have popped up, I would have imagined that someone was using the snake uh, in a different way. It just seems like yeah. something that someone would do on the podcast. Um, right, though, right. Uh, I'm not really too surprised that this happened, considering the fact that pythons are constrictors and yeah. f- uh, f- chickens are one of their. Yeah, that, that'd be a, a happy meal for for a python like that. It makes perfect sense that it would try to choke the chicken. I knew that was coming. I could see yeah. that coming. <laughs> On the <first. laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, like I said, the, the snake saw another snake and felt maybe a competitor may have to compete or something. I, I don't know. But of all the places to be bitten by a snake. I promise you that is the one spot that would, I, I would take getting bitten anywhere else on the body except there. But can you imagine just what does this look like? Cause here's a man standing in the buff with a eight foot Python latched on to his willy. Okay. I mean, that just, that image alone is just mind boggling. If doctors or if he or doctors come back like a month from now and they say, oh, it actually resulted in a marginal amount of permanent growth. We will have people in, in stupid stories of people trying this themselves. Yeah, you're right, exactly. All over the place if it, if it came out that way. So they're going to um, find out that snake venom in the penis helps to enhance your manhood. I know, right? <laughs> We're, oh, well, I wonder if he's going to still remain in the adult film industry after all of that. You know, I mean, it, it, right now he's considered damaged goods. You can't, you know, you, you, you really can't, you know, act well with a snake bitten penis if you're going to be in the adult. <laughs> <laughs> if there was ever a snake bite, like in a, in a porn film, I would have assumed it would have gone something like, oh, no, I've been bitten by a snake on my Johnson. You're going to have to suck the venom out for me to survive. <laughs> Something like that. It, it, it would be some, you know, the, the, the cheesiest things like you, you hear for, for these kind of stuff. I don't know. Oh, man, that's exactly the truth. Well, <laughs> hopefully he has recovered in the, you know, no man. serious 
loss of blood, I would hang, I would think. But well, we we've got some great uh, uh, folks seeking some of the sage wisdom from Pancho Guero, and so in our Pancho Ask Pancho segment. Here's one thing, and, and I think you being, you know, uh, in the uh, white-collar business world, this, this might be something that you might be able to lend a little bit of your expertise here with. Um, we got a guy writing here. He says, Dear Pancho, my boss has asked me to take a potential client out to dinner. Now, I think the client likes me. My boss says if I can close the deal, I'll get a large commission. Lord knows I need the money because of my credit card debt and student loans. So the commission is so large that I might be able to actually pay it both off next month. So at first I was excited about the opportunity, but now I'm a little grossed out because it kind of feels like my boss is selling me out. I also think the client may have expectations beyond business and that's not going to fly. So what would you do if you were me? Oh man. Um, yeah. I don't know what the expectations are, uh, you know, with that and what kind of business that you're in. Um, I mean, the way I would see it is uh, that's a great opportunity, you know, and and I would be thankful for, well, I guess the opportunity for a big commission like that. Um, And and like, yeah, is your boss doing it knowing that maybe you would have better chances than someone else? Uh, (laughs) You know, maybe, but like, it's to your advantage too. Uh, Now, if your boss is expecting you to, uh, you know, I guess what? have other expectations beyond business as well. That's a whole nother different story. Uh, and you, you keep it all business. If you need have a, have a third person there as well, uh, you know, present just so that things don't get weird public place where you meet, wherever it is. Um, but yeah, you, you keep it all business and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, that's well, what I would do, but it's, well, it does. There's, a there's nothing wrong with conducting business. That's, that's all like, yeah. true. Does does the client have a big python? That's my question. <laughs> oh man, well, I, I think that's an appropriate, inappropriate question to ask at a business meeting, Eric. Um, yeah, like it's, it's. I think it's a good opportunity for you, but you definitely got to come in there with some, uh, I guess, what like a certain level of confidence and and um, self worth. I guess I don't know why he would. Um, client would have expectations beyond business, though. Yeah, well, I don't know why they would have that unless they're just like a, a pretty <laughs> smarmy, slimy kind of guy. Yeah. Um, which there, there are plenty out there like that. Uh, but again, that, that's where you um, you set expectations with, uh, you know, like you you are able to, to conduct business without having to be flirty or without having to um, yeah, or, you know, or compromise certain things about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, no flirty, no shady. <laughs> right uh and that's why i mean that's the way I, I do it there like keep it business um it should be able to be professional anyways sure. uh and if he's got an issue with that then like you know if you need to uh like bring a secret recording or anything else with you just in case so that if someone accuses you of something yeah, you've got some kind of recourse if you don't have a third person there to, to kind of represent you i think <laughs> uh as a witness um, that's good that's good yeah, I guess you'd have to make sure you're in a single party consent state first, but um, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, but I mean, no, look, I, I think it's a great uh, opportunity. I don't know. I don't envy you either, though, at the same time, because that, that would be uncomfortable for sure. All right. Well, I've got one here, too. Uh, this is Dear Poncho. My boyfriend has asked me to move in with him. This is great because we are heading towards getting engaged and married. 
I was moved from full-time to part-time at work. So moving in with him is coming at the perfect time because it will allow me to save money by not having to pay rent every month. The only thing is I have a new kitten and my boyfriend has asked me to have her declawed. Oh. I wasn't planning on it, but I may be left with no choice due to my financial situation. <laughs> my kitten is sweet, but like all cats, uses the couch as a scratching post. <laughs> my guy has expensive furniture, so I can see his point about having her declawed. I think it's a bit cruel, and I'm not sure what to do. <laughs> what would you do if you were me? I'm stuck in a bind. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, we haven't had our cat declawed because we kind of feel bad. But our yeah. furniture, like our couch, we, it, it's a decent couch. But we got it for free as well. And, uh, and, and like, we've done all kinds of things to try to deter her in, in ways as well. We have had to repair some, like, baseboards or, like, like door frames and stuff from her scratching things as well. Um, we put tape in areas so that she kind of stops that. And then things have gotten a little bit better. And that, but yeah. like, it's just going to be what happens with a cat. Um, so I totally get his point. Um, uh, you know, that, like, yeah, I, I get, you know, I get the point. Um, well, here's I don't the thing. Know. We've, we've so, talked about the possibility of it, but we kind of feel bad when we also see that. I had a declawed yeah. cat growing up. Well, I, yeah, and all of our cats are declawed. And, uh, yeah. and, but here's another twist of some states are actually outlawing declawing cats. Yeah. So uh, maybe. You could, uh, I don't know. Uh, See, the thing with us, when we get a new kitten, as soon as the kitten reaches the appropriate age to be declawed, we take them in and get. Now, we don't declaw the back claws. We just declaw the front claws. So, so, and, but, you know, really, you may get to a point where veterinarians will just refuse to do it because they don't want to put the cat through trauma. Right. The the flip side is like, what's going to be the other option? Get rid of the cat? Yeah, you know, exactly. and, and so I guess it comes down to what would you prefer? You know, like it's a decision yeah. uh, that you gotta you gotta make based on what you value as well. Yeah. Um, well, I think from all the cats we have had declawed, I cannot see any cats going through any trauma that I have realized. They seem to be perfectly happy and and whatnot. So um, that's but, what I witnessed growing up with my cat too. So yeah, you know. Uh, but now I did do a story uh, in an earlier podcast about a woman who gave up a job as a, making seventy five thousand dollars a year as a lawyer. She lives in the Philadelphia area, by the way. She gave up a seventy five thousand dollar a year job as a lawyer to become a cat psychic. So now she <laughs> made, or or an animal psychic. She literally, you know, if you need your pet's head examined, she will do that. For a low, low price of three hundred and fifty bucks for a sixty-minute session, she is she has a waiting list. Seven thousand six hundred people are on her waiting list, and she's making much more money at this than she ever was as an attorney. And, oh my gosh! And so you know, maybe you can just have the cat declawed and take the cat to this head shrink and let this woman explain if there's any trauma the cat is experiencing she could probably wouldn't you want to know before you go through with it though um but maybe maybe she can at least like you know tell you what you want to hear that the cat's happy and all good Uh, (laughs) i don't know know. (laughs) see answer have the woman take the cat to a cat psychiatrist and let the let the cat psychiatrist you know come up with something i i don't know (laughs) 
I, I don't know. I, I, to me, getting a cat declawed isn't a big decision. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean it, it really isn't. It, it, I mean, there's much more, there's much more difficult decisions out there than trying to decide to declaw your cat. Like trying to decide, you know, some of the answers that are insane game show. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I knew you're, I, I knew that's where you're going with it. Yeah. You, you have a feeling like that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, hold, hold on a second. I'm going to have to crush 18 beers before I, I start these. Help spread the stupidity. Share, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Give it a five-star rating because this is five-star stupidity. Rating and reviewing also helps the podcast to show up more prominently in searches when people are searching for stupidity. You can eliminate the buffering when you stream the podcast on poor cell or Wi-Fi coverage by downloading each episode to your podcast player. Podcast Addict is the app that I recommend for optimum performance. It's free with two types of paid versions, too. In addition to this episode, there's always the other episode in this feed, the midweek bonus episode featuring the insane week in review and the genius awards for the stupendous stupidity. Of course, every week after both of the episodes are published, I also will post the articles that were used on both of the episodes, and you can read all of them on Telegram Messenger when you join the Insane Eric Lane Stupid World channel. You can comment about them and share them with your friends, you can also post comments or suggestions about the podcast, too. Preview the channel and get a link to download Telegram Messenger at t.me dash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. It's free and available in desktop or mobile versions for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple platforms. And follow me on social media using the handle at insane Eric Lane on Facebook or Twitter or visit insaneericlane.com. If it doesn't cause too much trauma, uh, the, uh, the, uh, I'm trying to make a decision on which one of these uh, you want to start with first. I mean, uh, do you have a particular preference? Um, yeah, no, no preference. I think feed them to me however they come off the press. Well, all right. Then why don't we just uh, start with uh, porn star weatherman since we are still you know, having this image of the Python. On. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that we start off the story like about, you know, consuming snake meat. And then we end it with a snake consuming uh, human meat. A, a, a man's meat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, true. It's, 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 a, it's a proper bookend to the episode, I think. <laughs> you know, and, you know, I never even thought about that as I'm putting this podcast. <laughs> Once again, your sage wisdom outshines, as always. So, <laughs> so all right. Well, we have got... Uh, some entertainers here you can tell me whether you think these entertainers are either a uh, porn star with a python snake or a weatherman all right your first entertainer is matt kirkwood matt kirkwood um yeah i'm gonna say this is a porn star 
Matt Kirkwood, he's got lots of wood, but it's uh, actually a weatherman. That's uh, what he has. He's a weatherman for NBC Grand Rapids, Michigan. So uh, here's one we may have used before, but uh, we'll try it again. Sven Sundergaard. Sven Sundergaard, he is a weatherman. Uh, Yes, he is definitely a weatherman from Minneapolis, actually. All right. I like this guy's name, Billy Glide. Billy Glad. Oh, man. Yeah, is it with an I-E, like B-I-L-L-I-E? It's G-L-I-D-E, actually. G-L-I-D-E. Oh, I'm I'm talking about Billy. Oh, Billy is with Billy with a Y. Either way, this is a porn star for sure. I I would have liked it if he was going by Willie Glide. (laughs) Willie Astro Glide. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Billy Glide is indeed a porn star. Yes, no sure. doubt. All yeah, right. No doubt. How about uh, this entertainer named Ian Scott? Ian Scott. Um, oh, this is a tough one. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say porn star. Yes, Ian Scott is a porn star. Ian, I guess, has a nice porn star vibe to it for some reason. Uh, that was my thought. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's an interesting uh, name uh, for this entertainer, Tomas Schaefermaker. <laughs> Tomas Schaefer. If it was Baby Maker, then you know, sure. But I think it's a weatherman. <laughs> Tomas Schaefermaker is a actually a weatherman. Yes, very yeah. good. So uh, that's uh, definitely. I don't know that. That almost sounds complicated enough to be a proper weatherman name. You know, I I don't know why <laughs> it does. Yeah, it definitely yeah, does. All right. Well, what do you feel up to next? You feel like maybe we'll just keep it in the same vein and go strip club or daycare? Yeah, sure. All right. All right. We got some businesses here. You tell me if they are strip clubs or daycares. And your first business from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. It's called Cutie Pies. Cutie Pies. Oh, man. Um, if, it, if it was just cuties, then maybe. But Cutie Pies, oh, that's tougher. Um I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna stick with uh, strip club. Ah, yes, cutie pies, <clears throat> a daycare. Believe it ah. or not. <laughs> well, you know, they start off at the cutie pie daycare, and they grow up to go to cuties as the strip club. It's possible. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, here's one in Hollywood, California, called Happy Land. Happy Land. <laughs> you know, I, I have this strange feeling that this is going to be a strip club. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's a daycare. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah, I wanted that so badly to be a, a strip club. I really I'm going to Happy Land today. <laughs> so, all right. Here's one right down the road in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania called Savannah's. Savannah's. Uh, all right, this is tough. Um, uh, I'm going to say strip club, though. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. If yeah. you're going to go see Savannah, that's what you're going to. That's right. All right, well, here's one in Tallahassee, Florida. It's called the Eagle's Nest. The Eagle's Nest. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Like, I, I get, like, kids in the nest, but eagles are like birds of prey. They, they would eat children if they could, probably, uh, mm. which is probably what this industry does. They eat. <laughs> they uh, consume whatever comes in there. 
Uh, chew them up and spit them out here. I think it's a strip club. Uh, the Eagle's Nest is a daycare. Absolutely. Oh, maybe they're maybe they're protectors. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's it. All oh, right, man. Uh, well, here's one that may or may not be. I don't know. Uh, this is in Cheyenne, Wyoming. It's called the Den. Oh, nothing ever good happens in the den. This is definitely a strip club. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's a strip club. Can, can you imagine sending your kids anywhere with the name Den? Yeah, true. We're going to take the kids and put them in the den. Yeah, that's uh, that probably didn't sound too good. Well, how about we uh, take a reprieve and head to the golf course or our rehab here? All right. We've uh, got uh, some businesses. You tell me whether you think they're golf courses or rehabs. Your first business is called. Memorial in Houston, Texas. Memorial Park. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say golf course. Has a nice straight-ahead name to it. Yes, it is a golf course. Here's one, and be careful. It's called Reflection Bay in Henderson, Nevada. Oh, man. Well, I mean, this seems to scream uh, like, like a rehab. So I'm going to go rehab. Yeah, you'll see reflections of other golfers if you go to Reflection Bay. It's a golf course, actually. All right. How about Golden Peak in Lakewood, Colorado? Golden Peak. I, that's something that you've passed a long, long, like a couple decades ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's a rehab. Uh, yeah, this is where we're going to go to the Golden Peak Rest Home when we all go away. But it is a rehab. That's right. Okay. Going to see Grandma and Grandpa at Golden Peak. <laughs> we got uh, this business in Henryville, Indiana called Wooded Glen. Wooded Glen. Uh, I, I think that this will be a, a golf course. Well, that's true. Unless you get your golf balls gets trapped in the woods or something. It's actually a rehab, believe it or not. So, all right. Your last one is in beautiful San Diego, California, called Mission Bay. Mission Bay. Uh, is the mission to get sober? Uh, I'm going to say rehab. <laughs> yeah, it's a mission to make a hole, a hole in one. It's a golf course, actually. So, okay. Well, I think those 18 beers that you just drank may be having an effect <laughs> on your <laughs> yeah. they, they just hit me all at once. There. <laughs> <laughs> How about we move to Steakhouse or Gay Bar, where we've got some businesses here. You tell me whether they are a steakhouse or gay bars. And your first business is in Omaha, Nebraska, called... The Max. The Max. Um, you're, okay, you're, if you're taking something to the Max, um, I, I'm going to say that this is a um, gay bar. Yeah, you're going to max out. It, it is a gay bar. Yeah. Very good. All right. Here's one called simply Hanover Street in Manchester, New Hampshire. Hanover Street. Um, oh, man. Um, you know, I'm just thinking a guess here, but I, I'm gonna say steakhouse. It's it, it really it's very one of those generic names there. You know, what I mean, yeah, yeah. It is a steakhouse. That's right. Very good. I like this one. It's in Santa Fe, New Mexico. It's called the Bull Ring. The, the Bull Ring. Well, that can't be anything good. I think this can be a gay bar. <laughs> Unless you like steak, it's a steakhouse. Believe it or not. Oh man, it is good. I um, I've, I've heard people what like you know referring to. Uh, well, like if you get married or something, you got like a like a bull ring in your nose. Yeah. If you're 
the guy that I guess gets like like his that, boss around or whatever. That, that's yeah. right. Handpicked husband. Yeah. Well, but keep in mind, it is in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So to me, that kind of would say it's a steakhouse. I don't know. But here's one in New York, New York. It's called Rocco. Rocco. Um, oh, man, I, I, I'm going to say Rocco is a gay bar. No, well, Rocco is going to bring you a steak. He's a steakhouse. Oh. <laughs> so that that was a little that was a, a little ambiguous. All right. Well, here's one in uh, nearby New Jersey, Ashbury Park, New Jersey, and this business is called Georgie's. Georgie's. Uh, I'm going to say gay bar. Oh, Georgie, come on! <laughs> yes, it's Georgie. Yeah, that's right. That's a gay bar. Very good. Well, a lot of hit or misses this time. Let's see if we can make it up with our uh, fake news or Florida. Uh, we've got this. This is where you normally do pretty well. And I think we've got some real good ones here. And hopefully they will trip you up too much here. We've got uh, a headline for the first one here where police in Key West seized a cookie monster doll that contained 300 grams of cocaine. Yeah, that's uh, Florida. Uh, that's got Florida all over it. Okay, there's another one. This headline reads: A Palm Beach man was arrested after he was found with two boxes of election votes in the back seat of his car. Uh, in Florida, nah, I'm going to say that this is uh, fake news. It wouldn't. They they, all, they have hanging chads in Florida. You know, I mean, yes, it's fake news completely. All right. Here's one uh, where a Hollywood sheriff was charged with indecent exposure after driving pantless to pick up his wife from a bar. Oh, man, that's tough. Um, Pantless, wife at a bar. I'm going to say fake news. Yeah, even though he was from Hollywood, Florida. Well, it is fake news. That's very good. Very, very good deduction there. All right. And this one you may have heard of uh, where a Pensacola man became an internet celebrity after his giant neck made him the subject of a million jokes on social media. Uh, Florida. <laughs> oh, yeah. Giant. Yes, I, I've not seen this man, but apparently he's uh, got quite the name for himself. All right. <laughs> All right. I've heard this one before because it might have been in a podcast where a woman named Crystal Methvin was arrested for possession of Crystal Meth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We talked about this one like a year or two back. This is a Florida story. Yes, it's pretty good whenever your own podcast episode stories are getting put into the actual insane game shows. So, oh, I know, yeah, it, it, it's like uh, homework, I guess, you know. Absolutely. Homework helps you prepare for the test. Oh, yeah. Oh, I will say this, though. I am looking at some of the the uh, the uh, different insane games for next week. And there's a few in there that's going to be a, have a few curveballs. I'll say that. So you might want to oh, prepare gosh. yourself for next week. So but uh, but certainly the insanity is definitely not going to slow down in the stories we got coming because, oh, boy, there's uh, I, I, we, we've got some good ones. That's that's for sure. So. Uh, well, it'll be something we can talk about over Thanksgiving turkey leftovers, I guess. That's right. We we normally record on Thursdays, but that's going to yeah. be Thanksgiving next next week. We'll probably have to uh, adjust that to some degree, but because uh, yeah. I will eating turkey or being so full of turkey, I'll, I'll be <laughs> I'll be, too, be too, sleepy, too sleepy to do. <laughs> exactly. 
all that turkey is going to make me sleepy. That's right. So, but yeah, well, nevertheless, uh, I hope you guys have a nice Thanksgiving. I'm sure you've got your Thanksgiving plans all prepared and going to have uh, the little Panchitos uh, going over to see Grandma and Grandpa. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll be having to visit both uh, grandparents. Uh, we'll get some tamales and lots of turkey and food. That's right. That's right. Because you, you do the tamales on Thanksgiving with um, Mrs. Poncho's family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I still think you should do the turkey tamales just to combine the, the, the traditions. I think it'd be a great idea. Oh, I mean, it sounds great, but it, it is a lot of work to begin with. So, <laughs> so uh, well, well, enjoy your Thanksgiving and uh, we'll look forward to what happens next week. We'll have some great oh, Thanksgiving yeah. stupidity. Hopefully, yeah. I, I don't think the Thanksgiving stories will really start till a week or two after. Um, but yeah, look, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And uh, you know what? I, I'm thankful for, for the few of you who like to tune in and listen. Exactly, and in spite of in spite of the stupidity, you're you're stupid enough to stay to keep to keep coming back and subscribing. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I like, are, are we stupid smart humor or just stupid stupid humor? I can't tell sometimes. Uh, you know, it's, and sometimes that line of demarcation is very difficult to define. You can really get up close and personal by interacting with the podcast and get the real-time updates and a little of the uh, articles from the stupid stories that you hear when you join in St. Eric Lane's Stupid World Telegram channel. I'll be posting links to the stories that I read here on the episodes. You are able to read the actual articles, see the pictures, look at the videos, make comments about what you have actually seen or read or even heard about, and even share some of your own stupid stories with uh, everybody in the community. Visit t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. You get a preview of the channel, and there's also an opportunity to just download the, the Telegram Messenger right there from the preview channel right to your device, desktop, or mobile for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple. And also, you can interact with me as well on social media. Follow me at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, on Facebook or Twitter, or visit the website at InsaneEricLane.com. St. Eric Lane's Stupid World is produced with the support from Mr. Laugh's Comedy and Large Media, Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy Network, and EnvisionWise, LLC, and AmeriCountry.com. Theme music, It's a Great Big Stupid World, is written and performed by Randy Stonehill. Copyright 1992, Stonehillian Music, Word Music, Twitch and Vibes Music, and is available wherever you download your music. In St. Eric Lane's Stupid World is distributed by Spotify for Podcasters. Record your podcast as easy as talking on your phone and have it distributed to all major podcast platforms. The editing and music library are all at your fingertips with Spotify for Podcasters. Download the app from your favorite app store. Hey!